Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hey, everyone. Peter Serrata here. Before we get to the, today's show, I want to apologize in advance. One of our microphones was not recording properly, and it does not sound as good as normal, but I think it is listenable. Uh, but yeah, here, enjoy today's Slash Film Daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for May 17th, 2018. On today's show, we're going to talk about what we've been up to at the water cooler, get into one little bit in the mailbag, and talk and discuss about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me today are Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. You're still alive. And Slash Film Writer, Chris Evangelista. Hello. Okay, Brad, it's been it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast uh, you must have been busy doing things. Where have you been? Um, yeah, basically I got lost in cyberspace and I just now find my way out. It was really tough. I had to fight master controller and some other people from the matrix whose names escaped me. You, you know, this reference uh, is a little dated. I thought you were going to use like an infinity war. Um, you know, what's infinity war. I've been stuck in cyberspace. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, what no, what, what have you really been up to? 
No, um, I so last week I went to Chicago uh, a couple times to check out some movies at the Chicago Critics Film Festival. Wait a second. So they have a film festival just for critics? No, it's it's not just for critics, but it's put together by uh, the Chicago film critics who are based out of Chicago. They uh, put together a film festival. Uh, I think this is their sixth year doing it, and they basically just um, uh, pick get some movies like that have played at other festivals. Um, some movies like, from places like Sundance, some places like South by Southwest, things like that. Uh, Toronto, and they round them up for a showcase of movies over the span of a week that plays at the Music Box Theater, which is this awesome uh, theater in Chicago. And so they have um, some programming where they play about four or five movies a day for for a week, and it's just it's a really cool thing. Some of the movies I'd already caught at Sundance, but there were some that I didn't get a chance to see while I was there or that played other festivals that I didn't attend. So I saw uh, A Kid Like Jake uh, with Jim Parsons and Claire Danes, I saw American Animals, uh, which played at Sundance. I saw Puzzle with Kelly McDonald um, and Irfan Khan. I saw um, First were, Reformed with Ethan Hawke, the new Paul Schrader movie. Were any of and, these movies good? Yeah, I, honestly, uh, they were all pretty good in, um, in, their, in their own way. They had a good variety of movies. And I actually didn't see one that I didn't enjoy. It was a pretty uh, good lineup of movies. Um, they also played some other movies that I, I love that I'd already seen, like the, the closing night movie was eighth grade and Bo Burnham was there for a Q and a, uh, apparently part of it involved a, a real eighth grader who was there and like had a conversation with Bo in the middle of the Q and a, which was, uh, apparently adorable. So yeah, it's, it's a cool little film festival. Um, uh, Steve Prokopi who writes for us occasionally, um, formerly Capone of ain't it cool is part of the critic circle that puts it together along with Brian Tyler Rico and some other Chicago critics. And they put on a really good festival. It's really, really organized, and uh, it's it's pretty well attended. This, you know, even when there was uh, a Cubs game the night of their showing at first reformed, it was it was a packed house. So it's it's a it was a cool festival to check out last week. Very cool. Uh, have you been up to anything else? Yes, I finally got around to uh, watching, or at least started watching the Amazon series Marvelous Ms. Maisel, or Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it is, and it is fantastic uh it is such a good show i'm three episodes in and it is this very sharply written fast talking movie that's set in the world of stand-up comedy at the time at a time when like lenny bruce was you know being arrested for being super controversial and uh you know people were so easily offended by vulgar language and you know things like that it's uh but like the characters in this show are just so well drawn and uh the, the cast is incredible, too. Kevin Pollock's in it. Tony Shalhoub is in it. Uh, it also has such a great cast. Uh, Tony Shalhoub is in it, as as is Kevin Pollock. Uh, but the lead, played by Rachel Brosnahan, she's just awesome. Uh, she is such a compelling character, and she's immediately likable. She's super funny. And the way she, like, just drives through this dialogue, which is very much, you know, in the vein of, like, uh, Aaron Sorkin-style dialogue. It's very smart and witty and quick. And it's it, the show is just I, I can't praise it enough. I'm really just in love with it. And so I, I started working through it when I have some spare time and I can't wait to see uh, how the season ends. Yeah, I've, I've watched three episodes of this and I somehow got distracted. I, I, I co-sign with everything you have said. Um, it's actually interesting to see uh, the lead star, Rachel, uh, you know, her career blow up after House of Cards, which um 
I'm not sure if you guys know the story behind this, but like uh, she was cast in that first episode of House of Cards by David Fincher, and she was just basically supposed to be a character in one episode that I think had one line in a car. And uh, for whatever reason, they decided to make her character like a main character in that series. And she got bumped up from, you know, extra casting to uh, one of the leads of the show. And, and uh, it's great to see her career doing uh, doing great. Uh, but um, I'll talk about what I have done in the last day. And last night, uh, what I did was I binge watched this new Netflix series called Evil Genius. Actually, I don't think that's the full title. The full title is... Evil Genius, colon, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. Because I think there's already a movie called Evil Genius. Uh, this is a TV show. Uh, it's one of those uh, true crime, kind of like um, making a murderer and, and that kind of style. Uh, and it tells the story of this 2003 case of, uh, I think it was the, um, the Pizza Bomber heist. Which um, basically a man walked into a bank with a bomb strapped around his neck, uh, demanding money, and it turned uh, uh, the, the the note basically claimed that uh, he was kind of kidnapped and put up to this task, and it's the uh, the it's uh, it, the whole story is trying to get to the bottom of uh, was this man acting alone was was there. Was he actually kidnapped and put up to this uh, task by some other people? Who is responsible? Um, it is a very compelling series. It's very well edited with every um, – I think there's four episodes and each of the first three episodes ends on kind of a cliffhanger that makes you want to watch more. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the story kind of ends in a way uh, which kind of true life does that's not uh, 100% satisfying. Uh you know, uh, some of the people involved in this uh, case are no longer with us, or most of the people are no longer with us. So some of the, uh, you know, the mystery is, is buried in the graves, in, unless unless they uncover some more after this uh, this docu series. But uh, Chris, have have you gotten a chance to check this out yet? I have. Uh, in fact, I reviewed it for a site called SlashFilm.com. Uh, it's it's <laughs> the review is up on our site somewhere. Uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's mind blowing. And I, I had actually remembered the actual, like, the robbery. I remember it happening, like seeing it on the news, but I didn't remember, I didn't know the rest of the story. And, uh, this reveals that, you know, that the, the beginning of the story, you know, the crazy, uh, bank robbery is sort of like the least shocking part of this story. It just gets weirder and weirder as it progresses. And, it's kind of a a depressing series because the moral of the story is that all these people involved were just terrible people with like like no moral compass to speak of. There's like this whole gang of people who were just awful through and through, and it just kind of left me really down in the dumps. Yeah, but it, it's it's one of those like uh, documentary like. Uh, series where like the all the characters are very weird and compelling, even though they're horrible people. Um, so uh, I, I would highly recommend it. You can watch this on Netflix right now. Evil Genius. You can watch uh, the show Brad was talking about, the marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel on Amazon right now. Uh, I wanted to go quickly into the mailbag. Uh, we were talking the other day about the Expanse and how that was canceled. And I, I mentioned that I watched the few, first few episodes and I thought it looked good, but. Uh, 
that I did not continue because my girlfriend Ketra did uh, not want to continue with it, and I watched most of my TV programming with her. Uh, one of our readers, uh, Shanice, writes in that uh, I should definitely give The Expanse another try. It's a great show that is seriously underrated because it not only is it a great sci-fi series, but the political undertones and how it relates to American political system right now is great. Uh, he uh, they, they go on to say, I would go as far to say as it's Game of Thrones in space without the excessive violence and nudity. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to give The Expanse another uh, try one of these days. Uh, Chris... Are you interested at all in, in diving into the series now that, you know, we, we have found out that when a show is canceled and, you know, has a definitive ending point, you are more interested in, in, in watching that, watching it than uh, while it is running. No, nothing about this really stands out to me. I mean, I need to I need to sit down and watch like a trailer or something, because based on what I've read, it just it hasn't really appealed to me. But. Uh, I have heard several people say it's good, so maybe maybe I am missing out. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the news. Uh, the biggest story of the day probably has to be that Universal Stark Universe may still be alive. Uh, Chris, you wrote this up for the site. I know you're you're a huge fan of Universal's Dark Universe. I, 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 what is going on here? <laughs> I, let me clarify and say that I'm not really a huge fan of Universal's Dark Universe. I'm a I'm a fan of the idea. I love the idea of Universal turning their you know their monsters into a cinematic universe. That's a great idea in theory. I think uh, you're also a fan of how spectacularly wrong it went. Yes, I am. I I do have this sort of like morbid car crash uh, personality where I'm I'm so intrigued at how instantly universal failed like they didn't <laughs> it wasn't like they got one right and then they stumbled they like right out of the gate they got this incredibly wrong with the mummy the tom cruise version of the mummy which was supposed to launch the dark universe and it didn't at all uh the the film underperformed at the box office and it uh the domestic box office at least and um the cr- critics uh, just tore it apart and uh for a while universal made it sound like they were going to keep you know, soldiering on, they were going to make a bride of Frankenstein with Bill Condon directing. And that film had even gone into pre-production. And then at the last minute, uh, universal pulled the plug and said, "Never mind, we're, we're not making this right now after all. And after that story came out, uh, Alex Kurtzman and, uh, Chris Morgan, who were supposed, you know, they were, they were running the dark universe. They basically left, not basically, they literally left, Universal, and that made it sound like you know the project was dead. That was the end of the Dark Universe. But uh, recently, um, an artist named Robert Vargas posted on Instagram that he has been meeting with the Dark Universe team. He doesn't specify exactly who that is right now. Obviously, it's not uh, you know Morgan and Kurtzman, but someone else is apparently still working behind the scenes, running the Dark Universe, and. Uh, he says, looking forward to contributing to Universal Park Pictures' legacy with my work. Monster things in the works. Now, I don't know what this could mean. This could mean, you know, he's an artist, so maybe he's doing concept art for them. And, and, but and by the way, this person behind the scenes running things for the Dark Universe, it's obviously Russell Crowe's character, Henry Jekyll, right? <laughs> yes. <that's... laughs> 
silly me. That's the, he was, he's working behind the scenes, pulling all those strings. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, um, Robert Vargas, he's an artist, so maybe he's doing concept art. The only thing, and I mentioned this in the story, um, in, in his Instagram post, he has a bunch of hashtags and the very last hashtag he has is LA murals. So, the lamest possible outcome for this could be that Universal hired him to paint a big Dark Universe mural, but I don't know why they would even do that because no one likes the Dark Universe right now, so it seems like a strange thing to do. So I'm hoping this means you know he they want him to do some sort of concept art and they're going to try and get this off the ground again. I, I really don't know. Um, at the time that Universal seemingly pulled the plug on the Dark Universe, there were rumors... They, they were considering retooling the whole idea. And instead of big movies, they were going to start bringing in uh, producers to create smaller films. Uh, Jason Blum was one of the person that got mentioned as possibly being involved. But uh, as of now, there's nothing concrete. So we shall see. Brad, uh, do, do, should Universal continue trying to make the dark universe happen or should they, should we should they just give up at this point? I mean, honestly, I think they should just go for broke and just make a whole series of really shitty movies that we can just keep making fun of for a long time. Like, it's always good to make fodder that we can make fun of and be like, man, this is what a shitty movie looks like. So now we know what the good stuff really is. So, yeah, just keep just keep churning out these Dark Universe movies. I mean, they made a whole logo for the Dark Universe that spun around from the Universal logo. We can't let that go to waste. We have to use it for something. So just 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 keep churning them out. I, even if, it's, if they're going to, like make really crappy low budget versions like just just do it like don't finish the special effects just put them out there i'm, I'm all for it you know uh chris mentioned on our slash film slack channel uh that that photo uh, combining all the stars of the dark universe it, it marks the one year anniversary of when that photo was released um that photo if you don't know Actually, most of the people in that photo were combined. They were shot separately and combined into one photo. And I, I was thinking, uh, maybe it's a good thing that they weren't in one room and they were like composited together because now as things are changing, they can Photoshop Tom Cruise in with the, the whoever is in the dark universe. Like they can kind of change up that photo. They can. I mean, they, probably could, they probably could have done that anyway. Yeah, I guess they could have. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was a bad joke, Brad. It was a bad joke. Uh, okay. Let's move on to uh, the big movie pass competitor that we've been talking about on the podcast. Cinemia has announced a new plan that will allow couples to go to movie theaters together. Brad, what is this craziness? Uh, it's funny that only just now occurred to me that you could pronounce it Cinemia because in my head I've been pronouncing it Cinemia. Which just sounds like a skin disease, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Cinemia is the subscription service. It's actually been around for a while across the pond uh, in the United Kingdom. And ever since MoviePass took off here, they decided to see if they could get a piece of that sweet, sweet movie ticket subscription action. So they launched their, uh, their program over here. It's not quite as encompassing. Um, as the MoviePass option, since MoviePass allows you to get one ticket each day uh, for the entire month, even though they don't let you see the same movie twice anymore. Um, what uh, Cine Cinemia does is you pay for a package that either gives you uh, one, two, or uh, three movie tickets for the entire month, but they're still discounted. So like, 
even if you get the three ticket a month plan, it only it's only fifteen dollars a month, which is still like more than half off uh, what or roughly half off of um, what a movie ticket price would be the average national movie ticket price in L.A. That's like one third the cost of what right. So so yeah, so it's even a greater bargain in in major markets. Um, so they've had the individual plan that's out for a little while now, but now they just unveiled this new subscription plan that's uh, a two ticket subscription plan, so that couples who want to go see movies together or somebody who wants to go to movies with friends can actually take advantage of it. So all it basically does is doubles the price of the original individual ticket subscription plans and you just get two tickets. So that way you can both go see the same movie. What's cool about Cinemia compared to MoviePass, even though you get far fewer tickets for your money, is that it doesn't restrict you as far as seeing 3D movies or IMAX movies, at least if you get the two higher tier packages. The lower ones are um, don't qualify for 3D and IMAX movies. Um, the other cool thing about Cinemia is that you can also do tickets in advance through Fandango and Adam Tickets and Movie Tickets. You can also choose your seats at all the theaters that allow you to do that. Um, so it's there. There are definitely some bonus bonuses that come with subscribing to Cinemia as opposed to Movie Pass. You have to jump through less hoops, and it's not quite as on demand as far as being at a certain location at a certain time to buy your tickets. Um, and it works in the United States, UK, Australia, Canada, and Turkey. So. If MoviePass ends up going under, which there are some speculations that it might not even last the summer, which is as much money as they're blowing through by buying all these tickets for people, uh, then Cinemia might be a decent substitute. So that way you're not paying quite as much to see you know, a few movies each month. Yeah, I, I, I hate to harp on the whole MoviePass thing. I know some people out there are tired of hearing us talking about MoviePass, but I know a lot of you uh, are MoviePass subscribers and are, find an interest in this. Um, I do know when I personally go to a movie theater with my movie pass it is kind of annoying that um if you're there with uh friends or you know i often go to the movie with uh, my girlfriend kitra uh that we have to buy our movies on two separate machines and we kind of have to time it uh perfectly so that we can get our seats together because most of the theaters in la have like you know you choose your seat um is that a problem uh where you are brad not really, because uh, I live in an area where my my theater is kind of in a, a smaller town. I don't live in like a major city, so I don't really have to worry about that too much. Um, the only time when it can be kind of annoying, I guess, is when like I'm going with friends and like we're you know, if we're trying to get tickets together or something like that, then that can be kind of a nuisance. But we don't really have to worry about choosing seats at the theater that I usually go to. The only time it really matters is when I go to like an IMAX screening at a, at a different theater. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to news about that Clue movie that's in the works. Apparently, it could be rated R. Uh, Chris, what is going on here? Uh, yeah, so there, there's a new Clue film in the works. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is probably going to star in it, and he's producing it. And uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote Deadpool and Deadpool 2 are handling the script and uh, they're, you know, they're out there doing the, the press tour for Deadpool two right now. And uh, clue came up and uh, Paul Wernick said, don't be surprised if clue is an R rated film potentially, which uh, I don't, I don't know why you would need an R rated clue movie, but sure. Why not? Uh, the, there you go. There's going to well, be an if people are being clue. murdered. You need some blood. I, I guess I'm I'm guessing it's going to be more for the the Randy body jokes since it, these are the Deadpool guys and uh, they love to write those 
those ribald, uh, uncouth jokes that everyone loves. So there's going to be a lot of a cussing, I believe, is what they're talking <laughs> about. Um, yeah, <laughs> they also said uh, it'll have elements of the original Clue movie, the 1985 film, but it's also going to be its own thing. So uh, there you have it. There, there. I know there are people who really, really love that that 1985 film. So. It looks like this film is going to maybe pay uh, homage to that or or something like that, but also tell its own story. This is interesting because, you know, I, everybody I know kind of has a a love for that uh, that original movie. It's it's it, it's uh, it's a fun movie. I love how it has like the multiple endings. I just can't imagine anything. uh you know, besting that in this kind of uh, th- this concept, Brad, you are our resident comedy guy. Um, what is the reason to make a clue, uh, a new clue movie? I mean, you know, there's there's always a reason to to remake something that is, you know, 20, 30 years old. There's there's usually a whole audience uh, people who are younger who haven't seen certain movies that are a little bit older because they're a little bit dated or because they're not quite as popular, um, and as far as you know, standing the test of time and always getting mentioned. You know, uh, Clue obviously has a lot of fans, but it's not a movie like Jurassic Park where it's uh, this iconic movie that you know different generations have seen over the years after after you know twenty five years of this movie being around. So you know, remaking a movie like Clue, it's it's a concept that you can take, you can update it with new comedy stars because the people who are in Clue. A lot of you know today's younger audiences, the target demographic for studios, don't really know who people like Tim Curry and Michael McKeon are or anything like that. And so, if you re- remake Clue with a whole new audience, it gives you know it new life and it makes it a little bit more relevant. So the idea of you know it coming together with a whole new you know band of comedy actors is is intriguing to me. Um, you know, like honestly, I was thinking it would be kind of cool just because I'm a huge fan of This Is the End. It would be cool to get a bunch of those people together for some kind of murder mystery movie like Clue, where they're all in a mansion and they start getting picked off one by one. But that also sounds like just a remake of This Is the End. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm gonna have to wait until there's an actual you know, cast and a trailer uh, to to be won over by this. But it, to me, it's just like I, I already have a Clue movie. I don't need a new one. Uh, Let's move on to uh, Star Wars. We have a bunch of Star Wars news because uh, ha- uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, is coming out, and you know people are talking. Uh, first up, uh, there are there's word that Lucasfilm is working on possibly making a Lando movie. Brad, you wrote this up for the site. What do we know? Yeah, so we know Donald Glover is uh, making his debut as Lando Calrissian in Solo, a Star Wars story playing a younger version of the character originated by Billy D. Williams in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And he is a scene stealer, without a doubt. Uh, having seen Solo, I can tell you that I loved every single minute Donald Glover was on screen as Lando Calrissian. And, you know, since this is a younger version of the character, and it sounds like there are plans or at least hopes to make sequels to this movie, uh, they're going to want to keep that character around. And it sounds like one of those plans may at some point be a spinoff focusing on just Lando Calrissian without having Han and Chewie around to uh, give him an introduction. Um, now, the way the story first took off is there was seemed apparently a little bit of mistranslation. Kathleen Kennedy spoke to Premier France, which is this cinema magazine uh, from France, obviously, 
where uh, it was thought that she had said that the Lando movie was going to be the next thing that they did in the uh, Star Wars story lineup of movies. But Lucasfilm apparently was contacted shortly after that quote started making the rounds, and they said that uh, that's not exactly what she had said. She had said that she would like to do that at some point, but right now there aren't any uh, certain plans to make a Lando movie as the next one, or even like at all yet. But it's, it's something that Kathleen Kennedy said she wants to do. So... The fact that they're thinking about it is a good is a good thing. Uh, Lando's undoubtedly going to be very popular with the people who who see Solo. Even I think even if you end up not liking Solo, you're still going to love Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, and the idea of seeing a movie with him as the star would be fantastic. I would see it in a heartbeat. I'm almost wondering, you know, we've heard these rumors of these contracts and Solo sequels that are, you know, a possibility if this film does well and. Uh, I'm 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 kind of wondering if the solo sequel might just be Lando. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there's a way, you know, Lando is in the background of this movie. If if there's a way that the sequel could be Lando is the star and Han and Chewie are kind of in the background, and then there's like a third of that trilogy, which I don't know. Maybe we just get back to Han and Chewie as like the title. No, um, it'll be it'll be Bosk. Bosk. Uh, no, I don't think a Star Wars so. story. I don't think we need that, Brad. Um, but the, I don't know. He's like a dinosaur, and I'd like to see a dinosaur bounty hunter as the lead in a movie. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of things in the works. I mean, we've heard that there's a what a trilogy of uh, films in the works from the Game of Thrones creators. There's uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy that he's working on. There's the supposed Obi-Wan movie, which brings us to our next bit of news, which is uh, TMZ has uncovered a plot synopsis for the supposed Obi-Wan production, which could be our next Star Wars uh, standalone movie. Chris, what do we know? Yeah, so uh, Disney and Lucasfilm haven't made the, the Obi-Wan movie official yet, but everyone knows it's it's coming. It's, it's sort of inevitable. It's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, TMZ has this potential plot details. Um, uh, I, I will read to you what they wrote. They wrote, uh, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine being an elusive hermit and stuff. Keep in mind, this is TMZ's wording, so I, I didn't write and stuff. Uh, but secretly watches over an infant Luke Skywalker, whom he delivered to his uncle, Owen. Tensions between the local farmers and a tribe of sand people, headed by a ruthless war chief, eventually brings Obi out of hiding and into Jedi kick-ass mode. Uh, so... Uh, there's a caveat with this story. So uh, a lot of this down to the wording um, is lifted from a synopsis of a 2013 novel called Kenobi. Um, So this could mean one of several things. One, it could mean that this is legit and the, the makers of the Obi-Wan Kenobi film are drawing on that novel for their film, which isn't unheard of because there is stuff from, there is stuff in solo that's been taken from some of the uh, extended universe books. Um, another possibility is this is made up and this actually isn't the actual synopsis and someone gave TMZ some bogus information. Uh, or it could just be this is being used as a placeholder until the real plot synopsis comes out. But whoever wrote this wrote and stuff. That doesn't sound official at all. Well, yeah, the, the end stuff is a bit of a creative license on their part, but there's there's, <laughs> yeah. but a, a lot of it is taken from that that synopsis. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, another thing. Uh, I'm wondering how to talk about this because no one out there has seen Solo yet. Uh, we have, 
I'm not going to spoil anything for Solo, but I think it's safe to say that I think it sets up a future for other Star Wars movies, potentially a Solo sequel, potentially other standalone movies. Um, I'm kind of wondering if it's setting up uh, ground for this Obi-Wan movie, although this plot synopsis doesn't seem to 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 gel with any of that. Uh, without getting into any spoilers... In, in in being uh, as vague as possible, Brad, uh, do, what do you uh, what do you think of this this Obi Wan synopsis? Like, is this legit, or is this have have they stumbled across some uh, fake intel here? I mean, th- honestly, it could go either way. Like, uh, there are like like Chris said, there are things in Solo that come from the expanded universe that they've t- br- brought into it, but it's it's only sparing details like little things that only set off a much larger story and that go in a completely different direction from where they did in the expanded universe story so maybe this is just like a vague setup for a movie where the story will be completely different from what it is in the novel or the comics whatever maybe they're taking inspiration from um but at the same time like it's it's, it's tough to say you know like, we don't even really know for sure if, if this obi-wan movie is it's happening uh, if it is, it'll probably just be a big like announcement. Be like, hey, guess what? We are doing that. Cha 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 cha. But yeah, I, I also wonder the same thing. Like you said, without spoiling uh, what happens, you know, in in Solo, is it, it does give this idea of that there's more coming uh, during this time in the Star Wars universe, and there are chances that it could they could have maybe almost have like a a side like it obviously all this takes place in the star wars universe well almost like marvel where things connect each other yeah yeah we're thinking yeah where these maybe the star wars stories will start to have like links to each other and they'll they'll like set each other up and move into the next chapter to the next story in some capacity uh because that's something that star wars really hasn't done outside of the the episodes that are meant to be connected the skywalker saga so doing something like this, creating a Star Wars story cinematic universe, if you will, that exists in the larger <laughs> Star Wars universe, um, you know, makes Chris's makes brain perfect. just exploded. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. But, um, you know, at the same time, like, I, I, I hope that they have something a little bit more interesting than this, because, I mean, the idea of there being this tiff between the sand people and like, you know, farmers and whatever, you know, just do something cool. It sounds like good fodder for a novel, but I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's enough for a film. Uh, it's also interesting to see, you know, I talked to Kathleen Kennedy in a year and a half ago. Is that? No, wait. When did Force Awakens come out? 2015. So it's been like three years. Three years or two years and a half. Uh, ago and at that time she said the star wars standalone movies would never have sequels and <laughs> it seems clearly they're headed in a different direction now uh, i'm just wondering what happened and uh what, what course they're heading heading you know in. What I, I would like to see i would like to see um an old ben kenobi movie where there's a guy named ben kenobi and not obi-wan and he keeps getting mistaken for obi-wan and he has to keep fighting off these people who think he's Obi Wan. I mean, just, that sounds like a good, uh, like maybe an SNL skit at best. I'm pretty sure a whole movie where there's a guy holed up in like his own hut, constantly like fighting off, you know, bounty hunters and Sith, sounds like a pretty great movie. Like, think about something like, um, you know, John Wick, but in Star Wars. 
But then at the end, the twist is that Obi, the real Obi-Wan gets killed and he has to take his place. And it was the Obi-Wan we knew all along. See, there you go. We are waiting for your phone call, Lucasfilm. No, okay. Let's let's move on to our last and final story, and that is uh, about Captain Marvel. Uh, apparently, uh, we are learning more about Captain Marvel that it will not be like any other superhero origin story we've ever seen before. Brad, what do we know? Yeah, so we're going to meet Captain Marvel uh, in March of 2019 before Avengers 4 comes out. So there's going to need to be some setup as to who she is and uh, why she's going to be important to the fight involving the Avengers, especially after the events of Infinity War. So this character is going to need some significant setup, which requires an origin story since we haven't met her yet. But apparently this won't be uh, the typical origin story that we've come to see time and time again in the superhero genre. Um, One of the... uh, writers nate moore or producers nate moore talks about how captain marvel will kind of change that game a little bit because he talks about there's usually this formula where you you meet the character there's some kind of problem they have they they get powers at the end of the first act the second act they learn about powers and the third act they fight the villain who you know with their powers and they've started to figure out who they are and have this identity and so apparently somehow he didn't get specific with how but the structure of this movie will kind of subvert the expectations that people have uh, when it comes to superhero origin stories, um, I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to do that. I do know that there has been there has been some rumblings and rumors that there are um, younger versions of some characters in this movie. Like there's a there's a child version of Carol Danvers, and so I wonder if maybe this will have a different structure where there'll be flashbacks back and forth between like maybe formative times in her life that define who she is today and like inform the character that she is and like how she deals with her powers maybe how she overcomes certain obstacles you know almost like the way that lost you know correlated yeah. their flashbacks to what was happening on the island um i think that would be Wait, interesting. so let me get this clear are you suggesting that the movie starts with carol danvers already as captain marvel and kind of we learn along the way how that happened not necessarily like i think that We'll still see meet her when she doesn't have powers yet, but maybe like as she learns about these things, there will be flashbacks interspersed as she learns things about her powers and you know the larger universe around her, things like that. That's just speculation on my part. I honestly don't know anything beyond that, but it, it sounds like it could be an interesting way to play with the structure and you know give a little bit less of a you know formulaic narrative timeline. Um, but did, yeah, did, didn't uh, Ingley's hulk movie do something like that i don't remember um i haven't i don't even remember because it's been so long (laughs) since i've seen that movie chris you've seen that movie right yeah i have um it didn't really start with him being the hulk it started with uh, a flashback with his father turning him into the hulk and then i don't know that movie is insane (laughs) it's just (laughs) yeah i i have not revisited that in many years probably actually since it was came out on dvd so it's it, maybe maybe I, I should go check it out maybe, maybe i shouldn't um maybe i'll put a poll up on twitter and see what you guys think uh but that brings us to the end of today's slash film daily uh chris where can we find more of your work online uh, i'm at slash film.com and i'm on twitter at c evangelista 413 brad where can we find more of you 
SlashFilm.com all the time. You can also check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton and listen to my podcast, Go Flix Yourself, on iTunes and other podcast platforms. You can find me at SlashFilm on Twitter. You can find all the stories we talked about today on SlashFilm.com and linked in the show notes, including Chris's Evil Genius Review. Uh, This podcast is published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your questions, comments, concerns, feedback to peter.com. They could end up in the mailbag. Uh, And uh, please go rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.